And welcome to Recoup, the number one podcast in the world. Don't ask your neighbors or Google to confirm that. Welcome back to episode two of Recoup. Glad to have me back on the show. No introduction needed. Yeah, uh, we still have Tommaso uh, as our guest this week. We're gonna have other ones, so don't worry. But uh, you know, Tommaso—he's just—he's built different. So I'm, so we have I'm fedora guy, cameraman, whatever you want to call me. I mean, anything like suits me nowadays. He does it all. I—I'm I, a Renaissance man, like Kanye West. <laughs> What do you want? What do you want to talk about today on this on this podcast? Uh, I mean, a first thing that comes to mind. I mean, how beautiful you are. Okay, stop. And off of that, it can lead to premarital sex. Don't no. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Sex. Sex. Damn. So I want to understand why you like. What What is your What is your stance on sex? Mm, that is a good question. What is your opinion of sex, Daniel Kiefer? Remember, Family Channel. Well, here's what I have to say about sex. Naughty, naughty, wack is focus. <laughs> I think that as a Christian, I think a lot of people think Christians view sex as like bad or like dirty, when in reality, that's like the total opposite because God created sex. Like, sex is a good thing, like, it's a great gift from God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, it's definitely not a bad thing. The only thing is, God created sex to be had within marriage, and He designed it in that way because since He created it, He knows how it will like be met to the fullest extent that he created it to be. Mm-hmm. And so that's why he puts the boundary of sex within the covenant of marriage. And I believe the reason that he does that, um, this is of course coming from a Christian perspective, but whether you're religious or not, I think that it makes sense. And also there's studies um, and statistics uh, prove that couples who are the most satisfied sexually are people who waited to have sex until marriage um, so that also just like backs up what scripture says. Um, and then also if you just look at it from a practical standpoint, I think that, well, from a Christian perspective, sex was designed to basically mingle souls together. That's actually the original um, Greek translating of what it is, I believe. So uh, I would definitely not quote me on that, putting that out there right now. Quoting you right um, now. <laughs> but I believe it means the mingling of souls. And so the whole point of sex that God created to be um, was a soul tying action. And so what that means basically is the whole point of sex was when you had sex with someone, uh, which is the most uh, physic- physically intimate thing you could do with another person is your soul is now bound to them. And so the point of having it in marriage is that once you're married, you're not leaving that person. And so if you have sex within the context um, and the covenant of marriage, then that is the only time that your soul should be together because they're not going to be parted. So if you look at it, um, if you look at premarital sex kind of like tape, right? Mm -hmm. If you think of it like scotch tape, I like to think of it as every single time you have sex, uh, like you have a pe- blank piece of paper and you put scotch tape down in it and then whenever you break up with that person or you just have a hookup or a one night stand, you rip off the tape from the paper. Now, every single time you have sex and you rip off that tape from the paper, the paper is never going to be the same as when it started. It's always going to leave some baggage. It's always going to leave some scars. It's always going to leave uh, residue from the tape before. So you're always going to be going in with um, some type of soul connected to the last person that you had sex with. So, and yeah. so, um, so the whole point of waiting until marriage is that not only that soul connection is the covenant of marriage where it won't be broken, but also so that you are giving your full self to your wife and your wife to your husband, um, you know, vice versa. And so basically every single time that, you know, that um, tape is out of the paper, it rips a part of it. And that's not how God created it to be. 
And so I personally just think going off of scripture, but also statistically um, with, with what we see like backing up that sex was a gift from God. Um, it's a great gift from God, but it was created by him to be in the covenant of marriage for those reasons. And I think even from a practical mm-hmm. standpoint, uh, we've had this conversation before. Yeah, yeah definitely multiple times. <laughs> yeah, where it's like, um, I, I used to tell Tomaso a lot. I, I also heard someone say that I really like it. Imagine, um, you know, your mom's going out and a random guy comes up and starts touching her in an inappropriate way, right? Absolutely, like, unacceptable, not cool to you, definitely not your dad, like, just, you know, <laughs> not good. Um, and the same thing goes for someone that you're in a relationship with who is not your wife or your husband. Um, and the whole point is, if, you know, I'm, if I'm with someone and I'm having sex with a girl or a guy's having, <laughs> I just, if I'm having, <laughs> we have to cut this. And the whole point is, if I'm having sex with a girl or a girl's having sex with a guy, um, either way, it's like, you're doing something to that person who is going to be somebody else's future husband or wife. And you're touching them in a way that, like, just imagine somebody else touching your future wife or your future husband. I bet you wouldn't want that. (laughs) Right. In an intimate way that should only be reserved for you. And that's the whole binding aspect um, of sex that God created to be with just that one person in marriage and in covenant. It's supposed to only be with that one person because it's soul tying. And so I think that that's a really good example to think. And a lot of people, you know, ask, um, especially in a Christian relationship, but like just in general, if you're thinking about it, it's like, well, what are the boundaries then? What are, um, you know, where does the line need to be drawn? It's like that. And I think a good place to come from is just, I, for instance, like with my girlfriend and I, uh, we're choosing to personally wait until we're married, and that's not an easy decision at all. Not, oh. <laughs> um, and we, of course, aren't coming um, from a place of judgment or condemnation for anyone who is making that decision or has made that decision. Um, you know, thankfully, God forgives and God restores and redeems. Um, and so, no judgment at all um, coming from a place of just personal preference and my opinion here. But um, for instance, like with my girlfriend and I, I always try to think and vice versa with her to me is, you know, is what I'm doing okay if someone did this to my future wife? And of course, Lord willing, you know, we date with the intention of marriage and hope that we would eventually get married. But either way, we're not yet. And so because you're not married to that person, you shouldn't be touching them in a way that should be reserved for their future wife or future husband because you don't know. And so I think that that intimacy should only be reserved for that one person. And so next time, um, you know, you're, you're faced with that decision or that temptation, I think that's a good thing to have in, your, in the back of your mind. So Yeah, no, just, I mean, so summarizing your point, um, I f- feel like Daniel's saying, so <clears throat> sex was created by God as a binding agent between two souls. And I think there's nothing prettier than that. Um, just the fact that we can be like jointed and his love and him demonstrating his love to us is a gift that shouldn't be abused like there's lots of gifts um given to us of natural purpose that have been distorted and again not coming from a place of judgment any any take we have any anything we say on here is our personal beliefs but it's it's our own it can be yours but we're not forcing it on upon anyone there's no judgment we're just here to say our beliefs and uh, beliefs and talk talk what we want about. So I see it as like, yeah, honestly, if I was going up to my wife the night of my wedding and I have to have on my mind all these other guys, you know, I personally wouldn't, and I've gotten controversy, uh, controversy for this, I wouldn't date someone who's like been with a lot of people. And it's just, it's just uncomfortable. Like I had a, I had a, 
crush on a girl once, and <laughs> then uh, like I heard, um, and like don't be thinking, like people who know me, don't be thinking because you probably would. And then I heard like she did stuff like with this other like guy, and after that, just crush was immediately gone immediately gone i just i couldn't imagine it's like now i can't just and it's like no problem if you've done that personally coming out of personal testimony i've done stuff in the past before i reformed myself as a christian and carried my own cross so there's always like as daniel said there's always chance of forgiveness so i don't judge because i'm thankful people didn't judge me and i'm glad i am the place i am now right Um, yeah yeah and i was gonna say going off that also you know that's that's our view of of sex and uh, definitely how you know I think God created it to be uh, literally a, a gift and and I think that a lot of times even in the church it gets distorted a lot as uh, oh you're a Christian so you hate sex or sex is really bad it's like no let me tell you God is good because he gave us sex <laughs> we love sex we love it so much that we decide to put it away for a different time um, um, but it's yeah it's like uh, I also like to think of it like imagine imagine a, a fire right um, and it's like a fire that is so beautiful and like burns so brightly. Um, however, you have to contain it because it's so powerful that if you don't contain this fire, then it's gonna be so damaging if it explodes. And that's exactly how sex is like. It's it's so powerful. God created this powerful soul binding gift for us um, that He placed it in this in this covenant and within these boundaries, just like a fire, because He knows that if it's um, practiced outside of that covenant, that it's going to explode, implode upon itself, and it's going to cause damage mm-hmm. and burn so many people, so many souls, just so many lives. And so that's why He He placed it in this covenant because where it grows, that's where the kindling is supposed to be had. And then in the marriage covenant, you take that lid off and you go, you go, baby. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Uh, honestly, like the whole like, uh, it's, and like, it's not like people say often say Christians. Oh, you hold yourself back from like what makes you happy. You're driving yourself insane. I think it's a beautiful thing um, that you know you can resist temptations, and it's always it's like like oh, do I go get fast food or do I stay home and like cook food? You staying home and making your own food's healthier for you, even though one's faster. One you save money more, and so it's the would you rather have sex with like some random like girl or would you wait to have it with your wife? One obviously takes more. More, but saves you so much more in the long run at the end of your life like do you want to live in regret <laughs> is a question I'm asking yeah. and a question I have for like most of the audience is how much of y'all have had like this one night stand or just sex with a girl and then she hasn't felt the same after you know she's maybe been or girls girls and men too like how many of your part y'all's partners after one night stand have been like okay I'm gone goodbye and you still want them in your life and that is, I do not wish that feeling upon anyone because mm-hmm. that's a painful feeling, a love that is not returned. Um, it is definitely a feeling you won't find in Christianity with the love of the Father, especially. I, I guarantee you, like after you feel it, you might find that in this earth, but trust me, beyond this earth, there is love and, oh my God, if I, if I get to my own testimony, we get to our own testimonies of how we have felt that love, I mean, yeah, it is... God's love is way greater than anything on this earth. And don't make stupid decision you make when you're young define who you are in another life. Because this life is only so much of what we have. You, you just got to be smart. You got to have awareness. Some mistakes of what you do in college, like, like not to bring it, like Justin Trudeau uh, went blackface to a Halloween party. 
that kind of like it didn't like they kind of canceled them for it. lots of people when they get canceled it's not because of stuff they do in the present it's because stuff they did in the past mm-hmm. on an impulse you got to surround yourself with good people you got to surround yourself with good friends you got to find those people who want to see you winning i said that in the last podcast that applies now like if you need better friends if your friends are forcing you to do stuff you're not comfortable with drink smoke no judgment if you do mm-hmm. but if you're uncomfortable with it like get yourself some Christian friends, honestly. Yeah. It's it's honestly great. And uh, yeah. no, that that's really good stuff. Um, we'll we'll probably come back to. Well, I don't know if there was anything else that um, I had on the sex topic. I think the only other thing I was gonna say before I transitioned into what you were saying was, um, you know, a lot of people also a lot of people also give the argument of oh, you know, you gotta test drive the car before you buy it, um, and I think it's a pretty obvious rebuttal to that is um i hate to break it to you but women are not cars <laughs> they're not um, objects yeah and so i mean if, if you're viewing if you're viewing your girlfriend or your wife whoever as a car then you've already lost the battle and the whole other point is uh is i don't need a test drive a ferrari you know what i mean and that's that's the whole point like how god created sex to be in marriage is I don't need to test drive a Ferrari because I already trust the manufacturer. Um, and it's the same thing of I already trust the creator, like the one who designed sex, he obviously knows how it's supposed to be had and the, the best fulfillment and the best way it's supposed to be practiced. And that's why he has certain boundaries and certain covenants um, on it. And so for that, I would say, you know, it's not like, oh, you're missing out or, you know, how do you know if you're going to be good at sex or how do you know, um, you know, if they're going to be good, if you're going to be satisfied, it's like, no, like I, I trust the creator. I know we're going to be able to give all of ourselves within marriage um, and serve one another, like just me, just my wife, uh, no one else, no, no baggage. And, um, and I, and I trust the manufacturer. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to test drive um, a Porsche or Prius. You know, uh, I'm going there to get my Ferrari without looking back. And once I close that deal, yeah. you know, that's it. And it's also it's also orange to apples. You yeah. know, don't don't compare an act of intimacy of soul binding to the first car you buy. <laughs> yeah. I think I think that's also a simple rebuttal. But hey, I could have said it better. Um, yeah, if you're viewing your wife as an object, and if, if like for example. Like sex is only a part. Like is only a part of it. It's not yeah. all of it. Like if you marry for sex, like I get sex is great. If you marry for sex, ding ding, there's a red flag. That's that's you're, you're like. Do you know people who do that? Those are the people that society look down upon. Like those like very old guys mar- marrying very young women, yeah. and they're very unhop- and unhappy with their life. You know why? Because they got divorced. <laughs> they must have been very unhappy with their marriage. Yeah. To get a divorce and. Strain, stain that puts their children through. It's it's an unhappy life. It looks good. It's like oh my god, this guy's a baller. He's got like a wife that's like <laughs> like forty years younger than him. And then you see his kids, and his kids are just torn about. It. It's like dad, why would you do that? Sugar daddy alert. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And you you gotta again have more awareness. Um, and sex is not the whole thing. Lots of people tend to worship sex. It's um, not even it's not even half of it. That's the whole thing. Yeah. It's like it's such a amazing thing and like within the covenant of marriage house design like it's supposed to be uh not just um to of course uh reproduce but also for pleasure between you know you and, and your spouse as that soul tying agent and that's why it's a gift from god but also sex is is only a, a slither of the cake within your marriage mm-hmm. the whole that's just a piece the whole actual cake contains of 
fighting through battles together, having kids, raising a family, um, being able to be with your best friend for the rest of your life. You have to marry someone that you could be okay not having sex with because they're gonna, once you get to an age where you can't, <laughs> what, 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 what are you left with? You're, you're left with someone who hopefully you chose is your best friend that you wanna do the rest of your life with and get through things together. And you know, a lot of it like just comes down to that self-control. And it's, uh, again, not coming from a place of judgment or condemnation whatsoever, but it's also to the point of, you know, coming coming from men especially and how, mm-hmm. like, there's definitely a big uh, stigma with, oh, you know, if you're, you're not a guy unless you have sex. It's like, no, let me tell you, any guy can go out and have sex. Tomas and I can literally go out tonight and have sex with a girl. And I would not do that, especially because I have a girlfriend, but also even if I didn't. But I'm just saying, I'm like, going, uh, I'm going to recess. Right but there. but the point is, you know, any guy can go out and, and have sex with someone, but it takes a real man to be able to actually have the self control to respect not only himself but another woman to say, hey, look, I love you, and I have these feelings and attractions for you, but I love you so much that I'm gonna wait to make sure that your husband gets all of that in case you know it's not me and you forever. Mm-hmm. And that takes a lot more self-control, and I think that is a lot more manly than saying, hey, uh, yeah, let's let's go hook up. That there's no self-control in that, and I think I think it's um I think it's a lot more. What's the word? Respectable to your girlfriend if you can say, um, Hey, by the way, I respect you so much that I have enough self control to wait. And that's showing, Hey, if I have enough self control to wait to have sex, then that, that goes to show when we get married, imagine what else I'll be able to have yeah. self control with and what else I'll be able to mm-hmm. wait for and respect and just be able to, to do that's just a slither of the cake to show, Hey, you know, I can do this for you. Um, to also show you that I'm not marrying you just for this. And if Lord willing, we do get married, I, I already showed you one of the things that I can, you know, wait out on because of this and vice versa, girl with the guy, because that's very important also. Yeah. Uh, but I, I just think that that, that stigma is, is really outrageous. If you think about it in a way, it's just, it doesn't make sense because so many people can do, go do that, but only a few can really have that self-control and respect to wait, you know? Yeah, and like with the, with the self control, like that's a great point, Daniel. And to people who already have found the self control, which is hard, like it's a constant battle. Like it's it's not easy, you know. You, you always gotta fight temptation. But to people who have found this level of high self control, don't get mingled with the wrong people. Don't get with the wrong crowd. Like especially looking, like especially women, women and boys. If you're looking for a partner, if they don't support you or what you believe in, or you're, they don't support your self-control, like, they're, they're not there for you. At that current point in their life, they might be, sometimes in the future, they might have a change, like a big revelation. But at that point, they're not there for you. They're there for something else that is not you. Yeah. A great example that came out recently, um, Cooper Cup. His, his wife, like legit, like put him, like through, like worked to support Cooper Cup's dream in a hopes you know tell me the last time you've seen a major like white receiver like break records yeah um it doesn't Thrive happen so so the the odds the odds were really against him mm-hmm. but his wife is like cooper you got a dream and i support it yeah whether it's gonna work out or not i support it and you gotta find someone like that and trust me you need that rock the, you need that rock the girl that you're gonna find at the club that you kissed once 
probably like if she like leaves after one kiss, she's probably not gonna stay there after years and years of you trying and trying to make your dream come true. You know, Cooper Cup was you know he wasn't the best his rookie year, you know? And then he like it took a while to get to college. He wasn't like a first round draft pick, I don't mm -hmm. think. So like it has lots of uncertainty and the whole pain, uh, stuff is have faith. Have faith that God has a plan. Have faith that he'll surround you with these people. All you got to do sometimes is say no. We talked about saying yes last time to opportunities of networking. But sometimes when you're going to be uncomfortable, yeah, sleeping in the bed with a girl, well, it's going to be nice. But it's not what you have going for you. If you want to live a miserable life, no judgment. But if you want to live a life where... You're unhappy most of the time, and by the end of it, once the, all the whole like sexual attraction expires, you just won't be feeling it anymore. Go ahead. I won't stop you. I warned you right now. I won't stop you. But is that really what you want for yourself? Really what we do now, people are like, people always procrastinate on religion, and I really want to talk about this. People are like, oh, I'm not going to die tomorrow. <laughs> you know? I got years to make the decision about, um, about what I want to do in the future. Guess what? What you do today defines you as a person. What you do tomorrow defines you as a person. Mm -hmm. And there will be a day where you can't define yourself anymore. Like, for example, if Peter would have died right after he denied God, if he would have died right after, like they they asked him, hey, after the Romans asked him, hey, are you are you with this man? Do you know this guy? And he's like, no. If he would have died right after that, oh my God, he would. Who knows how much suffering would have been in the afterlife? But after he, yeah, he asked for forgiveness and all that. I mean, he became like the first pope, and it's amazing the stuff. And he accepted God fully. I mean, so like what you do today really does matter. Just if you need to take a step back. <laughs> And reevaluate your life and your choices, it's fine. We all do it. We all go through tough times. But don't, if you see a wall up ahead, there's no reason why you shouldn't just, you know, there's people like, they view people who stop and take a look at stuff as lazy. If I'm not working, I'm lazy. If I'm not doing this, I'm lazy. If I'm taking a break, I'm lazy, you know? They, they, they see them as unproductive people to society because we're expected to work nine to five, five, five days a week, you know? And when you're not doing that, people see you as lazy, unproductive. But it's okay if you need to take a step back. Reconsider yourself. Some of this is just bigger than us. It's bigger than our jobs. It's bigger than everything. This is for everyone, not just us. So look out. Have that awareness. Yeah, um... Firstly, to go off, uh, just something I want to clarify that you were talking about, Peter. Um, and I'd have to research this a little more, but I just want to clarify scripturally. Um, because Peter was already saved, I don't think that it would have, you can't lose your salvation. Uh -huh. um, but I do, I do understand what you're saying of the time, of like, don't wait. And, um, I know, that's the example I heard. So. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, the whole point is, is you don't know what tomorrow brings. Like the Bible literally says, you, you like worry about today. Tomorrow has enough worries of its own. Um, and you don't know, you know, if tomorrow is your last day, if you're going to be able to, every morning when you wake up, that's a sign saying, hey, guess what? God's not done with you. Because if it was your time, then you wouldn't have breath in your lungs. And take today as, you know, a blessing of, hey, I woke up today. What am I going to do with it? You know? 
And um, I think that that's what Tommy was getting at also. It's like, you never know. So it's, it's not this waiting game because once it's too late, it's too late. And, um, and you know, it's not, it's not like this judgmental or condemnation thing of, oh, you're living this life. Like you shouldn't do that. It's no, we love you. And we're, we're just telling you what the Bible says. And um, basically just giving our perspectives. And we just want you to know so that you can make that decision for yourself. And, you know, God is so great and so loving. He, he did give us free will. And that's for you to make the decision. And we can't make that for you. Um, but I guess the, the point I would say is don't wait. Because you never know. And whether you make that decision to or not to, don't put it off. Because it is truly in the most essence and just most purest sense of the statement a life-altering decision. Um, and so to that, I would say, be on it. <laughs> and, be on um, it, yeah. Yeah, last, last thing I would say. Same, um, with, your, same with your homework. <laughs> <laughs> last thing I would say about um, sex topic is, especially from a Christian perspective, mm-hmm. when, you're, when you're choosing a wife, I'm not just trying to choose someone um, who I can go party with or have sex with. I'm trying to choose someone uh, where we make hell nervous. And I think that that should be the goal. <laughs> I think that should be the goal, um, you know, for who you're trying to choose in a spouse. And that, of course, is coming from a Christian perspective. But, you know, even if you're not religious, I, I think you should still strive for that and be someone who is going to be that rock, like we were talking about earlier with Cooper Cup, and be someone who will go through everything with you and be that world changer who will stand right by your side and support you in everything. And it's a very important decision because, you know, Hopefully that that will be the person you're with and it should be uh, for the rest of your life. That's very important. And um, I kind of wanted to circle back to the point Tommy was talking about earlier about uh, like your friend group and community. Oh, yeah. And great point. Yeah, I think that um, I think that one one of the biggest things is, you know, if you are on the rocks or you're struggling with something and um, your friend group or what you're doing is tempting you, you it's so hard and it's a lot easier said than done, but bad company corrupts good character. And mm. <laughs> like, it's such a cliche and overused statement, but it's so true when people say, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Who you surround yourself with is not only who you are, and, um, but it's also who you're gonna become. And who you surround yourself with is just so vital and so, so important um, with just your, your life and the direction you're going. And if the people around you aren't supporting you, aren't encouraging you, aren't making you a better person and pushing you towards your dreams, towards your goals, holding you accountable in a loving way, then even if it's hard, you, you need to cut them off. And it doesn't have to be in a hateful way. Um, it could be as simply as not reaching out as much anymore or just cutting, cutting that stem because you don't have to. You don't have to hate someone to, for them not to be a part of your life anymore. You could be going on to different things, and if you're growing and that person is holding you back and they can't grow with you, then that's that's not your concern. You know, you can always and you should always love them and give them time and show them attention, but you have to think that a lot of people um, are are with you because they want the outcome but they don't want the process. And the process is where you see who are the people that should be a part of the outcome. And that's the biggest thing with your friend group and community. And you have to, have to choose wise. And I'm not saying you're not gonna have any friends who 
you know, don't believe the same things or act or do the same th things that you do. I mean, of course, like I have tons who aren't Christian or don't do things that I may not agree with, but we're still friends and I still love them, um, you know, just the same. But that tight-knit community should definitely uh, be surrounded with friendships that are encouraging you, are supporting you, do have similar beliefs, similar actions, and um, are pushing you in that direction, you know? Don't, don't be afraid to change. Don't. It's scary. We as humans are scared of what is inevitable um, sometimes, and that's change, and we are scared of the unknown. That's why one of the biggest fears when you ask people around is death. Uh, can I read an uh, excerpt from a song? Please do. That, so this, this song is Ill Might of uh, Hobson's 8 by uh, Hobson's, and I used to listen to, back, uh, to him back in the day, and it talks about change. And I have never heard anyone put it together. And he puts this at, at the end like a, a monologue almost. This song talks about his, his lawyer or something like that. Uh, no, no, not his lawyer. I mean his, his like producer who like screwed him over and he thought he was a friend. Scooter Braun. Shout out Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah. No, but like who he thought was his friend and turned out he wasn't. And he made everyone think he was crazy. And that's, that's not friend-like. So this, this is what he write, writes. Change is one of the most difficult things we face, and this is all in a song, by the way, but change is inevitable. One of the reasons we don't like change is we get comfortable where we are. We get used to our friends, our jobs, the place we live, and even if it's not perfect, we accept it because it's familiar. And what happens is because we're not willing to change, we get stuck in what God used to do instead of moving forward to what God is about to do. Mm. Just because God's uh, blessed you where you are doesn't mean you can just sit back and settle there. Mm. You have to stay open to what God is doing now. What, uh, what worked five years ago may not work today. If you're, if you're going to be successful, you have to be willing to change. Every blessing is not supposed to be permanent. Mm. Every provision is not supposed to last forever. Mm. We're, uh, we, uh, we should constantly evaluate our friendships. Who's speaking into your life? Who are you depending on? Make sure you're not, uh, they're not dragging you down, limiting you from blossoming. Everyone is not supposed to be in your life forever. If you don't get rid of the wrong friends, you will never meet the right friends. And I never think that was, I... That was, that was beautiful. I have never think I have... And this is... Not many people know about the song, which honestly, fire song if you're into rap. <laughs> Ill Mind of Hobson's by Hobson's. Uh, it's, it's number eight. No free brand deals. No, no free brand deals. <laughs> so, but like, um, he's a very... Like, most people who are in the rap, like, rap scene know about him. A very lyrical guy. And what he wrote there, you gotta be willing to change. Um... God has blessed you, and if you're willing to change, like times change, people change. Like there was a time where, like, <laughs> me and Danny like wouldn't be sitting at the same table. Like we, we weren't like we we're friends, but we weren't really as close as friends. But because we embraced that change, and our schedule schedules changed, and we we embraced that our schedules bring us together, and we worked together in a symbiotic kind of way, we became fruitful, and that's what you guys are watching right now. Mm -hmm. So, and I had to get away from, like, moving a lot. I moved a lot. <laughs> I moved a lot. And that's, that's an understatement. I, I've had the wrong crowd. I've had the wrong friends. And I don't blame them. Some of them are dealing with some stuff we can't even imagine. Some of them had some fathers who never really treated them like how fathers are supposed to. And they took it out on other people. And it's not me calling out. It's just... 
generalization of how many kids who bully are. So don't be hateful to those who hate against you because there's a reason they're hateful. But embrace it. Like, embrace their hate. And you, you just because you want distance from them doesn't mean you hate them. Love them from afar. Don't let them, don't let them hurt you. Meanwhile, you blossom. You show that you can be a productive person. Pray for them, but blossom. Surround yourself with good people, good influences.